Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. actually want to invite a couple of friends to come join me. Simeon and Bradley, are you able to come on up? I've asked, um, I've asked these guys if they'd come and help uh, tell their story from a couple of weeks ago. It's two Sundays ago. Um, and uh, Simeon, you came up for prayer. Do you want to just tell us why did you come up, what happened, and then we'll talk to Bradley about his part in that whole thing. Sure thing. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, Matt was up here and he said he invited people forward for healing miracles and he started listing a few different uh, specifics that people might be suffering from and I was listening to the list and mine weren't on that list, but I did have an injured back and uh, it had been giving me problems for just over two months. I'd gone to physio, I'd done dry needling and it just wasn't going away, it wasn't solving. I was on and off trying to do my stretches that I was told to do. Uh, but like, it was just kind of getting really awkward and sore and I'm standing there and I... I've got a lot of faith for a lot of different things, but for some reason, healing has just been a little category in my faith walk that has just been a, a struggle to engage with. I don't know if that's your story too, but it's like, I'm happy to believe for healing for other people, but when it comes to me, I don't know, I just, for me, there's always been this disconnect, and so I'm standing there, and Matt gives the invitation, I've got this sore back, but I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm good, I'll just, I'll just chill in my seat, thanks, and as I was standing there, I just kind of got this sense like, you know, if, if healing was right there in front of you, and all you had to do was just grab it. Would you take it? And I was like, yeah, of course I would. It's like, well, then why don't you go up for prayer? And I thought, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll go up for prayer. If that's what you want me to do, I'll go up for prayer. And so I stood there, you know, with faith less than a mustard seed, standing at the front uh, and just doing my prayer thing and just, just being obedient, I guess, to stepping forward. Uh, and then Bradley walked up. So, um, so Bradley, you got roped into this a little bit, didn't you? I did. Kill the church. <laughs> um, Tell us what happened. Um, well, just to make things clear, uh, Mitch has been discipling me for the last couple of months. And, um, yeah, he just encouraged me to pray for someone. And I honestly thought I couldn't. I didn't think I was Christian enough. Wasn't, you know, enough. Um, uh, then the Holy Spirit came across me, and uh, then I was up there praying for Simeon. So. so you came up, did you plonk a hand on his shoulder or something? Yeah, we embraced, and um, yeah. you know, I, my first prayer was pretty weak, I honestly would say. Um, I felt a little bit silly, okay. um, but then a calmness came over me, and um, I put my hand on Simeon's shoulder, and I felt something. I don't know what. Mm. You know, it's unexplainable. Okay. But um, yeah, and then I, I prayed something which meant it came from the heart. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's, yeah, that's and cool. And you you've kind of had sorry, just jumping in. Um, just in the last like six months or so, you yourself have experienced some healing, eh? It actually happened during lockdown. Okay. Um, yeah, I used to have uh, very bad eczema, 
basically my whole body was covered in eczema um, for about four years, and life was grim. Mm. You know, <sighs> eczema doesn't sound that bad, but yeah. it, it really was. Yeah, big sleep um, and com- discomfort all the time, eh? Yeah. yeah. I couldn't sleep. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. do any activity. Yeah. You know, work was hard. But then you felt like God told you to do something. <laughs> Yes, you know, I'd done all the different treatments and things, but um, God told me to grate ginger yeah. and put it in water and soak my feet in it. Which you did. Yep, I'd done it each day for a week. Yeah. And I was fully healed. I kind of had to tell that part of the story because it's like, I mean, that's epic. Four or four years of discomfort and you do a thing that just seems completely random. So, so you had a little bit of faith for healing then when you came forward, even though you were feeling like, you know, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. Cool. Simeon. So, Bradley came up to pray. Yeah. What so was your experience of that? So first of all, I'm a bit of a Bradley fan. I think this dude <laughs> is amazing. And if you don't know him, then you're the poorer for it because he's awesome. And, uh, and so me and Bradley, we've hung out a few times beforehand. So when he came up, I was, it was like a friend was coming to support me, which was great. And I also know that Bradley is still early on in his journey of this whole faith and engaging with the spirit thing. And so I was like, brilliant. I really hope God works through Bradley. And then not for my benefit, but for Bradley's benefit. And he, and he put his hand up. Well, actually, he didn't put his hand on my shoulder. First of all, we just kind of like, well, like this. And he, he said the, the best little prayer. And it was literally like this. It was like... God, thank you that you love Simeon, and I pray that you heal him. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. I was just like, wow, what a prayer. And then, we, and then, you know, Mitch prayed and stuff, and then, and then literally, as Bradley said, he put his hand on my shoulder. And when he did that, I felt like this, a flush down this side. I can't, it wasn't a heat, it wasn't prickles, it was uh, like a flush. Uh, and I, I have, I've been walking with the Lord for quite a long time. I know what kind of the Spirit feels like. And it was like a flush of the Holy Spirit. And I, was, and I just said to him afterwards, I was like, man, when you put your hand on my shoulder, I really just felt something go right down. He was like, mate, when I put my hand on your shoulder, I felt something too. And I didn't know what it was, but it was something. And it, just, it was just gone. I don't really know how else to describe it. It was just gone. And um, can I just get tiny a little bit more? So, like, little awkward things. I've tried to, like, I've, I've started redoing some of the habits I got into because my back was sore, like, you know, unloading the dishwasher on my knees because I can't really bend down to it or I go to pick something up, like, from the side Mm. so that I'm not... And I'm like, I don't need to do that anymore. I can just, like, straight on access this thing. This is all good. (laughs) So, yeah, so it's been great. But I honestly have to say, one of my absolute highlights from this whole little story is that God has worked through Bradley and that he... I went forward with almost no faith, and Bradley went forward just to give it a go, and God just smiled on that situation. He's like, I'm going to do something here, and it was just, I'm just so thankful, and I'm yeah. thankful for you to be being obedient too, man, That's or so I'd have great. a very sore back. Thank you very much. That's so good. Thanks, God. Do you know, we want to we wanna keep celebrating the journey, right? It's not just the fact that Simeon experienced healing that makes that story so wonderful. It's that Bradley took the risk to come and pray. Both of them admit to having like the teensiest amount of faith, and yet they both also chose to say yes to what they thought God was inviting them to participate in. That's all he's asking of us. 
all of it is him. It's his love. It's his mercy that actually brings healing to our lives. But we partner in that activity. So we're going to keep telling those stories. Because aren't they awesome? Yes. All right. Very cool. Well, if I have not met you before, my name, I just don't want to drop that. That would be very bad. My name's Jacinda. And uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Coast Vineyard. And uh, today's a little bit different. I'm actually going to pick up on some of what uh, Stanley spoke on last week. He spoke about peace. Do you remember? Those of you who are here or those of you who are joining us online, great to have you with us, by the way. Uh, he uh, talked about the gift of peace. And, uh, and we're encouraged in Scripture to be able to live in this place of peace, but that it's a gift to us. And let's just, just go back, just do a quick recap for those of us who weren't here or like, if you're anything like me, a week is a long time and things don't stay in my head. So let's just quickly take a look at last week. So the word for peace in the Old Testament is a Hebrew, Hebrew word called shalom. Yeah, this is the word that sits in behind our English word for peace. Now, if we have a look at a quote by Tim Keller, he talks about shalom in this way. He says, shalom experienced is multidimensional, complete well-being. I mean, don't you just sort of, just reading that? That's, that's what's on offer for us, this multidimensional, complete well-being, physical physiological, social, and spiritual. It flows from all of one's relationships being put right with God, within, within ourselves, and with others. That's a gift. And it starts with our relationship with God, being at peace with God. Then we find peace within ourselves, but we're called also to have peace with others. And that's the peace that I want to lean into a little bit today. As we look at what does it look like for us to live in the way of peace? So why don't we just pray as we get started? So Father, I, I thank you for the gift that you make available to us of peace, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, that as we step into relationship with you through Jesus and everything that he has done for us and continues to do in us, Lord, that we get to have peace with you. We get to have peace within ourselves, and we get to walk in the way of peace with one another. So, Lord, as we come this morning, I pray once again, Lord, and I ask, would you give us the gift of your peace again today? Help us to experience a deeper level of your shalom, of that sense of well-being, that all is well with my soul because of you. So come and have your way with us today, in Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus, one of the names for Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he brings peace within us, but he also calls us to peace with one another. You know, our peace with and from God gives us the resources to maintain unity and love with others through continual forgiveness and patience. The resources for us to be peacemakers to live in this way of peace, all stem from our relationship with God. That's where the resources are for it. Because I don't know about you, but I don't always live in this state of perpetual peace. You should see my house sometimes when I'm running around trying to like, you know, batten down the hatches and juggle all the balls and do all the things. It doesn't always feel peaceful, does it? But Jesus calls us to be peacemakers. 
those who work for peace. In Matthew 5, we're reminded that blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Or Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the Romans, he said, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. The church, so us, as well as the buildings that we inhabit, is to be both the place of shalom, the place where peace and shalom reigns, but we are also the vehicle of shalom or the means by which peace can be extended into the world. I loved what Stanley said last week, and it just really struck me. It was just that one of the biggest gifts we can offer the world is to be peacemakers, that we carry this peace that we've been given and we use it to extend it out into all of our contacts, everywhere we find ourselves, every interaction we have, that we would be the ones that walk in the way of peace. You know, this last 18 months hasn't always felt peaceful, has it? Not particularly peaceful. There's a degree of uncertainty and stress and unrest that sort of has come to the surface, it seems like. Just, we kind of, it's almost like we've been stretched thin. And so as those things have built up, many of us have felt like the pressures that have come into life, just, it's the combination. It's not just one thing. We live busy lives anyway. But then we've got the pressures of COVID. We have the changes that are happening globally. We you know, had Brexit last year. We had the elections in America. We had our elections here with the referendums. That brings a whole lot of things up to the surface. And there are ripple effects that we keep feeling in our lives that don't always feel like they lend themselves to peace terribly much. And it's been a time, I think, as I've talked to various people, just lots of people over this last year, it seems that... With all of these things going on and the things that have kind of risen up among us for the first time possibly in a long time and probably in quite a unique way, we've become aware of the differences of opinion that we have with those that we are near to. Within our families, within our friends, we suddenly discover that we're on quite different pages about all kinds of things, vaccinations, the way that we've handled COVID, Black Lives Matter, whether we support, you know, some of the different things that are happening in our, in our world or not. We're, we, we've kind of found that we're in these different places, and we've often found it's really hard to talk about these things. Even just this last, this weekend, a friend who's a pastor down in Grace Vineyard, he posted that he had had his first vaccination. And he has a lot of comments. I mean, when I read it, I'm like, oh, mate, you are a brave man. There's all this stuff that we're having to deal with, isn't there? It's really hard. It feels quite hard to be able to have some of these kinds of conversations where we sit in different places to, and pursue the way of peace as we do it. You know, I've got a friend who, um, they have a, a big extended family chat, you know, on Messenger. Anyone else got those? Or WhatsApp or whatever? Yeah, a bunch of us for communication. Um, but they have gotten to the point where they have had to ban topics of conversation on their family chat. They cannot talk about the COVID response, lockdowns, or vaccinations because they've got different members of their family in such polar opposite perspectives that it was just creating huge amounts of tension and strife within their family. So they've just had to make a blanket statement, we will not discuss these things. Having these conversations is hard. And yet, if we are to be the, 
the, you know, carry this peace, to be able to m- walk in the way of peace with one another, we want to learn how to have those conversations well, don't we? Because if we allow things to sort of build up between us, it actually separates us relationally. We can't have community. We can't have genuine, deep relationship with one another if we kind of have all this unspoken stuff sitting in the middle. What I am not saying is that we go and talk about every possible issue with every possible person, you know, because that could just be a lot. But if we think about shalom, if we use that as a verb, so that's a doing word, what it means is to restore to wholeness. And some of us may find that we have relationships with people we love where that has been affected by some of these things. That that is not whole. And we want to work, work, work and walk towards restoration and wholeness and peacemaking with one another. And one of those places, I think, is for us to learn how to have brave conversations with one another, grounded in this attitude of peacemaking. Now, Paul wrote a letter to uh, the church in Colossae, and they were a church that were really divided over a whole bunch of different things, different beliefs, different viewpoints, different ways of, you know, way they thought that things should be done. And this is what he said to them. Therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, and patience. Be tolerant with each other. And if someone has a complaint against one another, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. And above all of these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of Christ must control your hearts. A peace to which you are called in one body. The peace of Christ must control our hearts. So that then we can engage in these kinds of conversations and pursue the way of peace with real honesty and compassion and tolerance and patience with one another. So I have invited a friend to come and have a chat with me this morning to share some ideas about this. So Rebecca, why don't you come on up? I have a mic for you. Why don't we welcome Rebecca? So now, Rebecca, oh gosh, I can't think how many years we've known each other, but it's a while now. And uh, Rebecca has worked as a pastor, a registered nurse. You've just finished working with MIQ and helping set up a whole lot of stuff there. She is a strengths coach. She is a wife and a mum of three fantastic boys uh, who are unfortunately all homesick. But if you're watching, hi. Um, And you're now moving into a space of working in supervision and coaching uh, in in that sort of professional arena, yeah? Now, I know that you are particularly passionate about us being able to have brave conversations. Can you tell us why? Um, Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's sort of been on the the list to come up and um, check you guys out because we, and Cam, my husband is gutted to not be here. He was trying to pretend he was well and I'm like, you you look so bad. You cannot come. (laughs) You need to keep those bugs at home. So, um, and I just, yeah. Um, and Jacinda, these guys have been really good friends to us in many, many ways. So I can definitely say you're in good hands here with them. Um, and it's really nice because they talk so much about this church. They love you guys so much. They're always raving about how cool. They're just loving doing church. So um, it's nice to be here. But yeah, I, I am passionate about this area. And I think, you know, um, it probably for me comes from lots of 
places, but e- you know, even as a kid growing up in churches and, and being being a part of when it um, uh, communication and and breakdown and that hasn't gone so well and working um, as in, the, in my professional life or in relationships when you see, I guess, just the heartache um, when conversations are not had well or not had at all or had with the wrong people and it, it is really heartbreaking and I really believe that it is part of um, like I, I believe that it's just a real part of being a, a Jesus follower is to do these things well and to navigate conflict well. So anyone find those kind of brave conversations on topics that you know are a little bit touchy. Anyone else apart from me find those difficult? Oh, good, good. Here's a bunch of us. So this should be helpful. So why are some of those sorts of conversations so challenging for us? I think, oh, so many reasons, and I'm, the, and I'm absolutely the same. Um, we all just think about having a hard conversation and you feel that little bit of nausea, <laughs> like, oh, gosh. Um, but I think it's hard because it, probably we don't, ex- like, we think, think something's wrong if there is conflict. I think that would be it, that's an, um, it's my belief anyway that we think we've done something wrong for conflict to be there. But I actually believe that conflict's totally normal, and and we need to position ourselves to almost expect it. Um, and and remember, conflict doesn't have to look like a screaming match. Conflict is just you and I have a different perspective, and uh, we're seeing this in a different way, or we hold a different value, and it means that going forward means we have to figure things out. So I think we get freaked out by conflict because it it feels like it comes out of the blue, and we're not prepared for it. Um, I think, too, that often we haven't been given the tools to navigate it well. Um, for lots of us, we've got, we take our model from our parents, um, who may have been amazing at navigating conflict, but most of us aren't, so likely they weren't. Um, and we might look at a, a, a parent or a caregiver that we um, grew up with, and we, we tend to model it from there or, or try not to do what they did. So, you know, where do we learn to do it well? You know, we don't really get taught at school. We don't necessarily learn in our family of origin. Um, we may do. Um, so I think that we there's not a huge amount of opportunity to uh, learn the skills and to feel confident going into it. So I think that there is a level of anxiety and fear around how will I navigate this? How can I? Um, what if it? What if I make it even worse? So, so I think it's a fearful um, place that we don't always feel uh, that we have the the skills that we need to do it well. Personality would play into this as well, wouldn't it? As well as background and. Oh d- yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the complications is that we're all we're all so different, and um, and we may have uh, a culture around conflict. You know, I've got um, friends who um, uh, come from Pacific uh, um, nations, and and that's a really different approach to conflict. And um, and then and then I've got people in my family who who are from um, parts of Europe, and they have a totally different approach to it, and they like can't believe how New Zealanders just beat around the bush so much. And would they and just have like German or Dutch backgrounds? Or <laughs> yeah, actually, my sister-in-law's from the so Ukraine. Much <laughs> more straight talking. I kind of love it, actually. I think, oh gosh, it's it um, makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Just to say what you mean, rather than we tend to do a bit of the yeah nah. It's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, very cool. So if we are wanting to you know, do these conversations well, what are the kinds of things that we need to actually be thinking about? So I guess, as I said before, I think it's trying to normalise it and real, and realise that you haven't necessarily done anything wrong for conflict to, to popped up. It's just a part of life. And um, I think it's it's it's, an, it's a normal part. And to, to have a bit of grace that it's, 
um, I really believe it's something we can get better at and that we can practice and, and practice doing well and reflect on. And um, I think that uh, I, I really, I don't know if you've heard of um, Brene Brown, but she's a, um, I don't know, <laughs> she's, my, she's my, one of my mentors. She doesn't know it. But she's an American lady who, um, sort of a sociologist, and she's got some really cool stuff to say. And one of the things that really helped me is that she uh, frames up this idea that um, when, when things happen with other people, our brains don't like to sit with mystery. So if Matt walks into the room and he's got this kind of frown on his face, I'm picking on you, Matt, because I know you'll be okay. If he, and, he's, and he's got this sort of frown on his face and he kind of walks past me and doesn't really acknowledge me. And I, and I might be like, and then I'm, I come away going, that was weird. Why did Matt, why was Matt so angry? You know, was it, I wonder if it was because of yesterday, you know, and what I, um, what I said to him or and he thinks this and then I'll be like, and so my brain doesn't sit, like to sit with the whole, I wonder why he looked at me like that. It wants to make a reason for it. So we tell ourselves a story, and I'll tell myself a story to make sense of Matt's look. But what we tend to do, because we we often tend to protect ourselves, is that I, well, I'll tell a story that sort of makes me the victim and him the perpetrator. Like, how, how come he's, oh, that's so unfair that he got so angry at me about that. I didn't even mean, you know, what he thinks I mean. And so I will, and I think we do this all of the time, is that we make sense of things, and so we sort of make a we make up a story. And now that's kind of that's a normal process, but the problem is that we'll act from that um, story. So I will act as though it's true, and so next time I'll be like, "Well, hi Matt, how are you?" <laughs> so I might have an edge to how I interact with him because I'm a little offended from the way he. Um, and you know, Matt perhaps has just had something really tricky going on, and and he's not even really aware that I'm there. And in his head, he's thinking about you know some argument he might have, or something he said that he's disappointed with himself, is maybe nothing to do with me, but I have made it about me, and I have told myself a story, and so I think this idea of um, checking in around the story that we've told ourselves about something is really helpful for a start, um, to, to check in around what assumptions are we working from, because usually we've filled in the blanks with things that protect us by kind of making ourselves the the victim, and because and, that's, that's just a protective, it's a, just a way to protect ourselves. Okay, so the stories we tell ourselves are yeah, really so that, important. Yeah, so that's one thing, so checking yep. in around assumptions is, I think, a really helpful, like doing a little, a little self-check. Um, I think the other thing is to, um, to recognise that there's, there's always a lot, a lot more around, um, there's, there's, there's other things going on for other people. You know, there's that really nice quote that I, it's, um, how does it go? Be kind because everybody's fighting their own battles or something like that. And this idea that, um, you know, there's, there's a whole lot that's unseen in, in the context of um, what's going on. And, and the opportunity to have a conversation, it, it needs to, you know, we go into it with half, half the story, really half the idea of what's happening. Um, so I think it's good to think about that. I forgot what your question was. Uh, just, things just that we need to think away. about just as we are like wanting right. to start to engage in these, what are the kinds of things to be aware of? Yeah, and, and I think it's coming back to that point before uh, that we have all had really, we've all got really different experiences with, with having um, hard conversations. So some of us will go in there with, with a lot more confidence to talk to things and to um, communicate and, and others will f of us will feel like that is the very worst thing ever 
um, please, please don't talk to me about that. Please don't, please don't have one of those honest conversations. You know, it makes me want to run or all I can think about is a parent yelling at me and makes me go back to my six-year-old self or whatever it might be. So I think it's good to realize that um, having a hard conversation can be a really scary thing. And even if, if we have prepared ourselves, it may be that the other person hasn't. So I think in a really practical way, if you do ha- need to have a conversation with someone and bring something up, and it might be because something's upset you or hurt you or you feel like there's been a miss communication, sometimes it's helpful to give the other person a heads up too, um, in a really practical way, just just to even say, you know, I really, I actually want to have a chat with you about something hard, when would be a good time, um, don't leave it too long, because they'll sit there going, oh my gosh, <laughs> um, what they start filling say? in the mystery with all the bad yeah, things, yeah, like, ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but just to realise you might prepare yourself for the conversation, but they've got no idea it's coming. Yeah, that's an important thing. I think we talked about that the other day, is just that we often, we think about what we want to talk about for quite some time, practice it in our heads. You know, what points do I want to cover? You know, all of that. And then we kind of land that on someone, but they haven't had the benefit of thinking about that. They don't even know it's coming. And and so then we're wanting them to respond in the moment and they don't have the benefit of that. So the heads up, but just not too long because that would freak a few people out as well. Uh, okay, so we want to get started. How do we, what do we need to do to do that? I think in reality everyone's different and um, I think the way we navigate, we navigate conflict or hard conversations is, is going to be unique to who you are. So sort of thinking about what your own style is. I know things that have helped me have been to just to be really honest to the awkwardness of it and just, you know, just I, I, I need to have a conversation with you but I I really don't want to, you know, I feel kind of sick about it or I'm really worried that I'm actually going to say the wrong thing and make it worse. Um, so I think talking talking to the trickiness of having these conversations and keeping that central was really helpful. Um, and I think the other thing that's really helpful is to keep coming back to your, your purpose. So often we focus on the content of what's gone on. So I need to make this point or I need to tell you how I feel or I need to kind of prove a point or state my position on something. But... I don't think that's really the main, the main purpose. That it's about the relationship, right? We ultimately want to have great relationships, and we want to have authentic ones, and uh, ones that are healthy, and um, ones that where there's honesty and trust. And so th- that is the ultimate purpose. Um, and we have to get through this content. We have to get through this disagreement or this different perspective. But I think keeping on coming back to that big purpose and keeping on coming back to, hey, I really care about you. I, I want us to have a great relationship and, and this is kind of why I'm willing to, to go through this tricky process with you um, and just I'm probably not going to do it perfect or I, I may even do it quite badly. Sorry. <laughs> but this is where I want to be with you. You know, I want to get to the other side of it and, you know, I, I yeah, it's it's hard. Like it's really hard and none, none of us do it perfectly and we never will. Um, but I just think it's such a brave and such a good thing to do. I think that's that's the thing eh? is is even knowing that we can we can grow in this we can learn we get better but we get better by doing which means we're going to make mistakes on the way and and we kind of need grace for one another I think that's why you know Paul is saying you know we need to forgive each other many times over you know uh, we know that from our family relationships don't we like we love each other but we we don't always get it right and so that's that's the thing I love that whole thing of keeping the main thing, the main thing, like that actually this is about us doing relationship together really well 
And, and so to, to get there, we need to navigate this together. But we're on each other's side. I think it's that, like, we're actually in this together, not, we're not adversaries. Um, okay, so acknowledging the fact we may not get this right all the time, in fact, we won't, uh, what do we do when it all starts to turn to custard? Or how can we tell and maybe nip that in the bud or before, you know, too much harm is done or, yeah, good advice that. Um, another thing that's been helpful for me is to learn a little bit about what's going on in your brain when you're having a hard conversation. don't know if anyone's familiar with some of the mindfulness stuff and talking about a green brain and a red brain. So your red brain is, is um, green brain is your chilled out, relaxed space where you can be quite creative and you can think um, really kind of complex thoughts. And, and when we're in our red brain, it's, it's when we're in a, so if <laughs> the door's open out the back there and a, and a, a tiger walks in, as it does, you know, probably every other, you know. So it's a silly example, but, but we have this, um, our body is really designed to cope with threat. And, and wh what it does is it has a physical response. And so that's when you get the, you know, you get the tingly hands. And um, if you, you know, if you have a near, a near accident in a car, you'll know your heart will be thumping, your hands will be tingling. You'll, you'll, and so what it's doing is your body is preparing physically to fight or to run or to freeze. <laughs> So that's that whole fight, flight, freeze response. And so that's a physical protective reaction. So what happens is that we, um, when we are having a hard conversation, there's a sense of threat there because there's a sense that we might be shamed or um, rejected in that relationship or, or feel stink. And so it's a little bit similar to the tiger coming at us. We go into a protective space and our brain goes into a, a red brain. So, But because our brain isn't really gauging that it's a, a sort of emotional mental threat rather than a tiger coming at us, it still has a really physical response. And one of the things it does in your brain is it goes to a very basic function, back to our very simple thinking, which is black and white, keep it simple, get out of there. And that's where when you're, you know, in a, when you're right in your red brain and you're having an argument, that's where, I, and I'm ragey, that's my husband can tell you, and that's when I'll pull out the, you never and you always. And, you know, so you get that really sort of black and white, really kind of, and so, because the part of our brain that is able to take perspective and to consider the other person, that complex thinking, that's kind of switched off. And so it's really helpful to know that, that when you're in, when you're in that space, you just do really dumb thinking and, and you say dumb things and, and it's just because you're in a protective one. So I think the idea is to just try and be in your green brain. And, and so part of that is about coming at things calmly and gently and recognizing that if you're starting, if you're starting to feel that rush in your body and starting to get your arms folded and, you know, getting in there or you're seeing the other person like really pulling back or often we do it with our body, it, it's probably that they're going into a real protective mode and so they can't really hear what you're saying either because they're just thinking about protecting <laughs> themselves, if that makes sense. Um, so picking that stuff out and kind of, and I would suggest like it, it's reasonable to say, you know what, I don't think this is going so well. I, I feel like I've probably said this. Can we just, could, do you mind if we just tap out for a minute and I'm just going to go grab a cup of tea um, or should we just go grab a coffee or should we talk about this for a second or can we pick this up? You know, I had to navigate a pretty hard conversation with a good friend. You know, sort of involved our kids. It was really hard, really horrible. And we actually, we had the conversation, we probably had it over about three conversations um, because there was so much emotion and what was going on for both of us and what this, this situation had raised up. That 
was not necessarily to do with the situation. It was things around our own insecurities and our own stuff, but we had to just sort of keep coming back at it because it was so tricky to navigate and there was so much emotion. Um, and I think that's the whole thing of holding to, I want to get to the other side of this with you. I really do, even though we didn't get there in the first go or the second or the third. Um, but that's, that's the coming again back to that intention and talking to, yeah, this is messy, this is hard. I'm not, maybe I haven't said that right, but again, here's the intention. That's quite a helpful thing to know that you can actually revisit a thing, like push pause almost, eh? Mm. And go and collect yourself and breathe mm. and try and go green. Mm. Go it's green. Like, <laughs> it's like the Hulk, but in reverse. Yeah, it's the wrong <laughs> the colour. It should be yeah. red. Yeah. <laughs> but um, is there anything else that we can sort of do if we're noticing the wheels coming off sort of in the moment? Um, I, I just, I think that keeping on coming back to just being vulnerable and being honest and just keeping on talking to the fact that this is this is tricky, this is hard. I really want to do this well, though. You know, I care, I really care about you, and this is this is the reason I want to be in here. And, and just keeping on for yourself, trying to remember that the, the point is not to be right, or the point isn't necessarily even to get your your own perspective across. The, the point is to have, have uh, to restore or to grow your relationship and to keep coming back to that um to that place and um, and just you know and, and being gracious and and even you know coming at the end of it going when things are a bit more chilled and you've kind of worked through it being like how you know how was that how, how was that for you is there a way I could have done that better I feel like it was a bit clunky or a bit messy um, so keeping on gr- growing in this in this thing and realizing that sometimes when we've prepared to have a hard conversation as we said before even if we've given the person a heads up, um, sometimes we can feel a lot better because we've said what we needed to say, but they can be sitting with like, whoa, I had no idea that was going on for you or you felt like that. And so recognising that they've got their own process going on um, to, to sort of work through as well and that they, you know, that at the end of the day, relationships do change with hard conversations and it may not be that it's always because they become closer. Sometimes a hard conversation is putting a boundary in place that, that needs to be put where where things have got a bit a bit messy or a little bit unhealthy. So it may not always be that there's this, this is, um, huge closeness at the end. It may be that you just had to restore a healthy boundary where things were messy. So it's not always roses at the end of a hard conversation. Um, we hope it is, and we hope it's always that restoration, but it's sometimes it's, it's just the right thing to do. So that's something you, uh, we, when we were talking in the week, was um, recognising that when we have these kind of conversations relationally, it's a bit like a withdrawal from like your bank account, isn't it? Mm. And so to be thinking about needing to make sure we make deposits as well. Mm. Do you want to unpack that a bit? Yeah, that's something else that's been a bit helpful for me, and in, in, um, particularly when I work with sort of people in a, in a work environment, um, but I think too in your personal relationships, as if you imagine having a bank account with everybody, so what's the bank balance at? So I think about it with my kids. If I have just nye, nye, nye at them about stuff, um, which is that never to do. happens. No, no I'm very positive and very encouraging <laughs> all the time. So it's just it's withdrawal. It's withdrawal. It's withdrawal. You know. So if you're in a in a role in your work or in your relationship, and it's just kind of like, hey, you haven't done this, or you said you'd do that, or when we when we are, um, it's looking at what how have we invested into the relationship and I and I would suggest that if you need to have a hard conversation with someone you need to have some kind of money in the bank with them and that's where where you've invested and you've got time and you kind of you're connected to them and you know what's going on in their world rather than just 
haven't spoken to you for ages, but I need to have this hard conversation about something that you've done or you haven't done or you're... Um, so it's being a little... I think that's kind of a good concept to sort of think, where are we? Can, do, can our relationship kind of handle this sort of a withdrawal at the moment or is this really just going to put us way too much into deficit at the moment and is there another way that I can kind of process what's going on for me or what's come up? Um, and I think the other thing that has been helpful is to recognise that some, t- it sort of take that check around, is there something that is, um, has my reaction been a 9 out of 10 because of my own um, sort of in- insecurities in that area? So sort of going, you know, what's, like almost asking yourself, why have I got so upset about this? You know, is it, is it because what they did was so, so terrible or is it because it's actually really pushing on a, on a thing. Um, you know, I know for this conversation with my friend, for both of us, it really pushed on insecurities for us around how we felt we were doing in our parenting, you know, and, and it pushed on this whole thing of, of my own doubt around feeling like I was doing a good job, and um, so what could have been a 5 out of 10 reaction was like a 9 out of 10 reaction, because it was, um, it's like, you know, if I've got a big cut on my arm and you brush past, I'm going to be like, ow, you know, whereas if it wasn't there... I wouldn't even probably notice it. So we have these kind of, you know, spaces in life that feel a little bit more sensitive and painful. So when people push on that, we tend to get a bit of a reaction. So just as we're coming into land, any other sort of final thoughts? Um, no, I probably told you all my thought, emptied my brain out there. <laughs> but I, I just, um, I, I do feel real passionate about this area. I think it is such a... I, I think it is such an invitation from Jesus to do and to be this sort of influence in our worlds. So whether it's at your school or it's in your workplace or in your family or your wider family, to be the person that talks to the person involved, not everybody else. <laughs> How often do we see that? You know, they're talking to or, or through another person as well. But to just be brave enough to talk to the person you need to talk to and to, to do take the time and, and care to, to do your best to do it well. You know, um, and, and also, I guess, practically even thinking about how you do it. I know there's been times when I've wanted to send off a very emotional email to someone. <laughs> and I've really felt that conviction of like, oh, I think I need to have this face-to-face. <laughs> and, or you want to flick off that text. You know, just, yeah, just thinking about what, what is the best way to do that. Sometimes an email is great because it gives the person time to think about it too and gives them a moment of privacy to, to respond and to think and then you can go into the conversation. But I would say whatever you're going to do, try and get out of your red brain first. So, so don't write something when you're emotional and upset. Or, or do write it, but don't send it. Read it again the next day. Or get a mate to read it or your partner or someone like that and go, have I? And, and just take out the, you know, the really emotional words and the really kind of full-on stuff. So, yeah, I am still giving you that business. <laughs> I, would, I would say don't comment on social media either from the same place. Yeah, that would be really good. It's not the right right forum. (laughs) It really isn't. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Why don't we thank Rebecca? I think one of the things that strikes me the most is um, how much of this actually involves us doing our own work, which comes back to peace with God, peace within myself, to be able to then walk in the way of peace with the people around me. That I, I, you probably didn't mean to tell us that, but, 
But that's it, isn't it? It's just like over and over, we've got to come back to actually dealing with our own stuff, working through our own things, so that then we can extend peace to others. You know, in James uh, 3 verse 18, it says this, you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. And that's probably the other thing that I hear Rebecca saying is just, yes, we have to deal with our own stuff, be aware of that, you know, increase our EQ as much as we can. Um, But also, when we engage with the other, to be doing that out of kindness, out of tolerance, out of honor, and out of seeing them, seeing God in them. You know, they're made in the image of God, just just as we are. So the way that we're going to talk to them and treat them and behave towards them, it's a big deal. Bob Goff, who is a... um, Uh, An author and lawyer and speaker in the States, he says, words spoken by kind people have the ability to endure in our lives. And, you know, I think when we're having brave conversations, when we're talking about some hard things, we can still choose to be kind. You know, honest, truthful, loving, and kind. Jesus was like the epitome of that. He didn't avoid things. It's not about avoiding the hard things. It's about speaking truth, but doing it in a way that conveys love and kindness towards the other person. And and the impact of those kinds of words and what that does in our relationships and in us will linger for a really long time. So so there you are, some thoughts on on walking in the way of, uh, of peace. Why don't we stand? I just want to, you know, we sang It Is Well as one of the songs earlier. It is well, it is well with my soul. And that's not about an absence of stuff going on in our lives. It's about being anchored and rooted in God and in who he is. And um, and I just want to make that invitation again. If anyone is here today and you don't feel like you are at peace with God, it is not well with your soul. And it may be that this is the first time that you want to say yes to his invitation into relationship. This isn't about religion. It's not about conforming to a whole lot of rules. It is about engaging in a relationship with a God who loves you and wants to do life with you. Or it could be that some of us are here and we sort of have found ourselves, we've sort of drifted to a place we didn't intend to be. And we feel this distance between us and God. And I think his invitation is, I'm right here. Can we just pray to that? And then I'm going to hand this over to Matt. So if that's you, if you would like to, for the first time ever, say, I want peace with God. I want relationship with him. Or if you've found yourself in a place that feels like that's very distant possibility, why don't, um, why don't you pray this with me? Actually, why don't we all pray it together? Lord God, thank you for the gift of peace. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. And I want to say yes to you. I don't understand it all, but I'm going to choose to trust you and let you lead me. 
So as best as I can, I surrender to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be thinking like, oh, what was, what was this sort of like a sort of a self-help conversation this morning? Yeah, let me just tell you, like Paul the Apostle wrote to the church in Rome, the book of Romans, and he says, make every effort to live at peace with everyone. He writes to the church in Ephesus in the book of Ephesians, he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. The writer of the Hebrews writes and he says, make every effort to live at peace with everyone. Every effort. We need this. This is so, so important, especially in a world today that is uh, either stares right away from having any kind of conversation because they're, they're scared that, that they might offend someone to the other side of it where they just go hard. They go, like, they've never heard of green brain. They just... <laughs> They're just like, we, we really can be people that can do this well and, and influence our families with this, model it well to each other and, and make a difference in our communities. There may be some of you here this morning that, are, um, that have either tried to, to have a hard conversation yourself or someone has had a hard conversation with you and it actually hasn't gone well and there's, there's wounds, you, you've, you feel a bit wounded in your, in your heart uh, with that. And, um, you know, there's something quite powerful when people join with you, you and add their prayers to your prayers. And if that's you this morning and you would love some people to pray with you, we would love to do that, just to invite the Spirit of God to come in and just minister healing and minister God's love and peace in, into that. We would love to do that. If you, if, As I'm saying that, you can feel like you know, even just this whole time you've been, all you can do is just think about the, 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 the hurt that came from that. Like God can minister to that. And just one other thing that as um, I was praying this morning, I felt God was saying, and it's just a funny time of the year, isn't it? We're right at the end of winter and Spring's just around the corner, and and uh, but I just feel God saying like there's some people here that have feel like they've been in winter just in terms of their life for a long time, and winter is a time of cold and um, the leaves aren't on the trees, um, and uh, like spring always comes, and we would love to pray with you if you're just feeling like I just don't know if this winter is ever going to end. We would love to pray with you and just allow God again to minister to you in this place. So if any of if that is for any of you, what we'll do, it always gets a bit sort of messy. We're going to close the service, but what I'd love you to do, if you would like others to pray for you, is to come up in this sort of area around the front here. And if you are someone who loves to pray for people, we'd love you to come up to and just be available for that. 
but we're going to close the service down. I just want to pray a blessing on each of us. And could I ask to church, could I ask that we would grab a hold of this and just and just say a yes and amen to this, like yes and amen. We we will take a deep breath and be people that will choose to be peacemakers and and bumble our way through growing and having hard conversations that will be lead to us being people of peace. Father, I pray, I just thank you so much. This is such a, such a almost a prophetic word, God, in the in the culture of our time, in the spirit of the age, God. It's such an uh, such a, a a time of uh, of uh, argument and uh, uh, and black and white thinking, and and uh, you're you're wrong, I'm right, and God, we like like help us, God, give us plant courage in our hearts. And faith, God, and hope in our hearts that we would and we would be people that would be be peacemakers, be God's people of shalom. That would would be have courageous conversations, and even when we come away thinking that didn't go too well, that we would choose again. But I I want to do this better, and and I hope I've learned something, and I hope that I'll you know the next time will be better. God plant courage in our hearts conviction in our hearts. Bless our conversations. Give us wisdom and revelation. Keep our hearts soft as we as we seek to be people that reflect your heart, live your ways, and be a blessing to our world. Amen. God bless you all. So good being here together. Can I just say again, if you'd like someone to pray with you just come up the front here we'd love to do that otherwise stay as long as you like tea and coffee's on we'll look forward to seeing you just a couple of things just just a couple of things bingo night just so you know if you're coming all the questions are going to all the things that are going to be all targeted to five to ten year olds okay so if you come anyone can come along but just so you know big things about like frozen movies and Disney, you know like just anyway the other thing too, the other thing too, just before you go, is with the you, hopefully you got a little flyer talking about the church birthday. We'd love you to give that to someone that you know. Take it away, and if you if you got three people you know, grab some more from out in the foyer and give those away. Invite people along to our church birthday. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.